You're listening to Starting Up on the Agenda on Dubai Eye 103.8. With VirtuZone, business set up with no regrets. Hello there and thank you for downloading this Starting Up podcast from the 6th of December. This week, we looked at all aspects of starting up finances, including how to future-proof your business against corporation tax, which will be introduced in June next year. Plus, we spoke to a lawyer who's co-founded a firm offering an alternative way to access legal advice and services. Plus, we spoke to a lawyer who's co-founded a firm called Oryx, offering an alternative way to access legal advice and services. And our starting up success story was Steve Cronin from Dead Simple Saving. He's made a fortune encouraging other people to save. You're listening to Starting Up on the Agenda on Dubai Eye 103.8. With VirtuZone, business set up with no regrets. Hello there. Welcome to the CEO of VirtuZone, George Hajaj. Haven't seen you for a while. Where you been? Hi, Georgia. Always a pleasure. I've been traveling a bit. We've been very busy in Q4, to be honest. So Neil's been on most of the time. Neil is doing a car race today. He's doing the Mille Miglia, if you've ever heard of it. I have. That sounds enormous fun. Yes, it's I fantastic. Feel and Neil, Neil loves his cars, so I'm very oh, happy for him. Yes. He's a car man. Yep, Interesting. Yep, yep. I was unaware of this. Yep. Well, I'm very pleased to hear you're busy. It's lovely to have you back in the studio. I think Dubai feels like it's booming at the moment. The UAE feels like it's booming. So good news for startups. And we have a brand new, hot off the press, fresh as you like. I'm trying to think of, you know, fresh out the Sounds oven. Sounds very dramatic. I'm, I'm, I'm building Go up. It. Go I'm for building it. Shoot up. it. I'll, Shoot get, it. I'll get a drum roll in a second <laughs> or Katy Perry will sing fireworks. Um, yeah, brand new startup uh, for our startup in the spotlight this morning uh, because today marks the official launch of Oryx in the UAE. They're a consultancy determined to shake up the industry, the legal industry, with uh, both a fixed fee and a fractional approach. Neither of those mean anything to me, so we're going to find out a little bit more about it uh, in just a few minutes. Joined in the studio uh, by Vanessa Abernethy, uh, who has joined us from Oryx, brand new company. Hello there, Vanessa. How are you? Thank you for joining us. Good morning, Georgia. Delighted to be here. A pleasure to have you with us. Okay, now tell me, first of all, why you have decided to set up a brand new law firm. And I mean, my husband's a lawyer. I know there's lots of lawyers in the UAE. I know there's lots of very established firms. You know, they come over from all over the world to set up offices here. So very competitive market. Why set up on your own? Why dive into the deep blue sea? I think what we're doing is a little bit unique. So I've been 18 years in Dubai, and I've worked for some of those large law firms myself, and then moved client side to work for a major family office in Abu Dhabi about seven years ago. And what I noticed being in-house with the family office is that we as lawyers can provide a much broader range of services than just the pure legal advice. So what we're trying to do at Oryx, in fact, is bring that more client-side model into the legal space. So I wouldn't say we're competing with the major law firms. We're complementary and we're offering a wider service. Intriguing. Now, George, you have to deal with lawyers all the time, I'm sure. I do. Sometimes I love him. Sometimes I hate him. We're um, going to like Vanessa, though. Yeah, well, she's lovely. I can, you cannot <laughs> not like her. 
But uh, yeah, we're seeing a trend as well, and that's good for Vanessa to know as well towards um, uh, online and digital law. So we're seeing a lot of a lot of platforms that are being created um, all over. The one one big one is Kanuni, which basically where you can it's where you can go and download all kinds of uh, legal documents. I don't know if you've heard of it. You can do wills online now, and it's all local. We didn't have the local stuff before. You can now consult with a lawyer online. You get a 15, 20, 30, 50 minutes, whatever it is. So it's we're we're, we're the we're democratization. Moving. Absolutely, and, and the, I think the accessibility of it. And I think, as Vanessa tells her story, uh, tells her story, I think you realize that lawyers haven't, you know, haven't historically been very accessible. They're known to be very expensive. They charge by the hour, or they charge a retainer, or whatever it is. And this seems, Oryx seems like a solution, uh, solu- sort sort of a solution to that. So, Vanessa, tell us about your idea and what is it, and what's 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 your concept, and how do you differentiate yourself from the others, and what problems are you solving? Actually, a lot of what you've said, George, strikes a chord with me. Um, the law firms are still in the model of charging for every six minutes of their time. So what we're aiming to do is make legal services more accessible with two main models. The first model is our fractional in-house general counsel role, where we put we will put strategic-level senior lawyers into the client to work directly with the board and the CEO. But rather than us being a full-time employee with a headcount and a hefty salary and all of the benefits, gratuity, etc., that come along with having an employee, we do it on a part-time consulting basis. So that means companies can access strategic-level in-house legal support, but it's a fraction of the cost and without the commitment of a full-time headcount. Oh, that's fantastic. And one thing, Georgia, that the people don't realize, everybody needs a lawyer. Every company needs a lawyer, whether it's to consult with or to, you know, there, there, there's a side to lawyers that we don't, uh, I would say, recognize or appreciate enough. It's their... Um, their advisory side. Lawyers have been through a lot of situations. They've been through a lot of a lot of different industries, a lot of things like that. I consult with my lawyer, for example, for a lot of strategic decisions because he sees problems coming down the road. He sees the risks. He sees all these things that I don't necessarily see. So we consult with our with our with our um, uh, advisors who are CVML and in, in, in DIFC. We we consult with them a lot because they they're actually. They see things coming before they actually come, and, and their experience helps. So that's intriguing. Are, are you imagining yourself in that role in, in a big company, or are you here to help smaller companies who maybe can't afford to have a full-time in-house lawyer? So it's a bit of both. Myself and my fabulous co-founder, Natalie, have both worked for the financial services industry for many years. So we obviously have major clients like the big investment banks um, historically, and those companies will still be using our services. But I am, we are already finding that we're getting approached by companies that simply don't have the budget for a full-time me or a full-time Natalie, but want somebody strategic who can help them, whether it's one day a week or two days a week, just for those really meaty commercial decisions, as George was referring to. So you mentioned here that you also do a a fixed fee approach. Would that be if I... You know, if a company has a, a sort of specific scenario, a succinct specific scenario, and you would just come in and help with that, and you and you you say what it's going to charge, you charge at the beginning rather than by the hour. Yes, this is really focused on clients. Uh, what clients are asking for, I believe. It's transaction management. If someone comes to me for a transaction, I want to IPO or I want to acquire a company in X. The law firms would do just the legal piece of that work and they would delegate the work down to a junior lawyer, a lot of the work, not all of it, and they would supervise at partner level and they would charge for every hour. So what we're doing is we're senior-only we're senior play. So the <coughs> clients work directly with 
someone at our type level, at a partner level, Natalie and I have both been partners in law firms, we're bringing on consultants that have all been partners in law firms, and we will say right from the beginning, this is the price, I don't care how long it takes, I know what the transaction involves, been around the block a few times, even though my wrinkles don't quite show it. Um, and so I can tell you right from the beginning, this is the price and that price won't change. The CFOs love it. Mm. So I think that probably sounds appealing to business owners, but but I'm only married to a lawyer. I've never actually really had to. Actually, that's not true. I have had to hire them. But uh, uh, but certainly the, the hourly fee frightens the life out of me, especially as a private individual. And I imagine it's exactly the same as a, as a business owner. They do. And you have you have different options to, to, to uh, tend to that, right? I mean, you know, the, 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 the model that Oryx and Vanessa are bringing in is, is quite fresh and it's quite cool. You can always cap the number of hours uh, on, on a project. A lot of people use retainers. We, for example, use a retainer. So we, if you're big enough, you can have a you can have a law firm on retainer saying, "Okay, we're going to pay you x much x much a month, and then you're going to give us that many hours." But the biggest fear, as you said, and as as Vanessa's suggesting, is, "Well, we'll charge you by the hour." Okay, well, what do you charge? What do you not charge? How many hours is this going to take? We had lawyers before that they would charge us for a phone call. So you know, I would be on, we'd be on the phone for ten minutes, and they charge us, and it's a minimum an hour charge. So that, that you know, so you'd be charged an hour for asking him a question about a contract or something like that. And everybody has contracts, right? Every company will deal with contracts, whether it's a whether it's a sales contract, whether it's a lease agreement, whether whatever it is. And you always have to get those reviewed by a lawyer. So this is a great uh, a great idea, Vanessa, and I wish you best of success and I think I think there is there is a big demand for it out there. Thanks. Yes, we're already we're already feeling the demand. Yeah, really? I mean, I'm intrigued by this uh, this sort of idea of a I mean, it's very Dubai, it's very UAE, isn't it? The sort of VIP service, the sense that uh, you're only offering sort of partner level professionals. You know, there's no sense that, you know, if I, if I come to you with a case, uh, there's no risk that you're going to be uh, dropping it down to a lower level. It, is, is that the, is the, will that be your scenario going forward? Is that one of your USPs? That Absolutely. That will not change. We're not planning to bring on mid-level or junior lawyers. The clients, when they pick up the phone, want me to answer it. Um, if I can't answer it, I will get back to them, but it will be me that gets back to them. That is really intriguing because that is new, isn't it? I mean, most of the most of the time, if you go to a law firm, there's always backup. You know, they've always got baby lawyers coming up, the associates coming up, who now are paid something like $180,000 a year. It's staggering what a junior lawyer can earn. I've, I've seriously considered changing professions myself. Um, but but I, that is intriguing. And, and is there a demand for that? Um, and is that because you've worked in a private office? You've understood that there is demand for that at all in all sectors of society of, of industry. There's definitely demand for it. Uh, I think what us senior strategic level partner level lawyers can bring uh, is that it, it doesn't work out more expensive to do it this way because we can have the answer much much quicker than a junior lawyer. So whether whereas a junior lawyer may have to go away and research and take two hours of their time and charge at a cheaper rate for two hours of their time, you can pick up the phone to someone senior level who may be able to give you the answer on a ten minute phone call. So it doesn't work out more expensive. I believe it works out more cost effective. We also don't have the huge overhead that the big law firms have. And it's not a demand really; it's a need. Uh, I, I don't think it's a, it's, not, it's not a question of I want a lawyer. I don't. You need a lawyer. You need a lawyer to get yeah. your to get your business done. Uh, absolute pleasure. Really interesting to hear that you that you because my next question was naturally going to be well, it's a premium service. It must be charged a, a premium amount. But you you answered it for me. Very very interesting stuff. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, it's been amazing to catch up. I, well, it's fantastic to see a startup right from its infancy. So you'll have to come back in a year's time and tell us how it's going. We'll do we'll do our sort of review in it's a year. One, it's one thing to have the knowledge. Another thing. 
to manage a company. So yeah. well, I wish see. you best of luck. Yeah, I would be, be delighted to join you again. Thank you both. Thank you, Vanessa. It's been an absolute pleasure. Vanessa Abernethy, uh, one of the co-founders of a new consultancy, a legal consultancy called Oryx. Really lovely to have you in the studio ahead of your launch. You're listening to Starting Up on the Agenda on Dubai Eye 103.8. With VirtuZone, business set up with no regrets. Hello there. Welcome back to the programme. I have George Hojage in the studio, keeping me company. Uh, also, uh, we have an expert in the studio because there is a deadline fast approaching for business owners. And it is something that will affect every single business here in the United Arab Emirates. That's because from the 1st of July 2023, the Emirates will introduce its first ever federal corporate income tax. And it is effective across all seven individual Emirates. Are you ready? Well, you might not be, uh, but this is your opportunity to start the process of future-proofing your business against uh, federal corporate income tax, because I'm joined in the studio uh, by Peter John Watley, who is a partner at Gulf Tax Accounting Group. A pleasure to have you in the studio, sir. Thank you very much indeed. Nice and close to the microphone, uh, because they're never loud enough. Uh, How are you? Good to have you in the studio. Thank you very much, Georgia. Uh, I'm sure I have enough of a booming voice to get get around. You're cutting through very nicely indeed. Now tell me, are people anticipating this tax? Are you busy? Have you got people coming to you with inquiries? Or... Conversely, are people not preparing themselves fast enough? Uh, what we're finding is, is it's a mix. The more that the taxpayers who are more, have been more exposed to corporate tax in other jurisdictions, they are tending to see that, yeah, we need to start getting prepared. you getting a, a lot of people who are being ostriches, very similar to what they were with VAT. Or is it really going to come in on time? And I think with you know, referencing back to VAT, it came in on time as as as, as was promised. Um, I think more people should start preparing for it. Uh, but the scary bit is the a lot of the misinformation that is out there. Uh, you you get confronted and say, "Why can't I do this?" And it's like an amateur hour out there. People are getting advice uh, that will just get them into trouble. Uh, the 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 playbook uh, that is known around the tax authorities. You know, it's, it's been around for, 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 for years and years and years, and people are trying to outsmart it. And no, that playbook has been around. Goodness me. Okay, so what would be your advice to what people should be doing now with six months or so to go? All right, so for, first of all, I think they should be getting a professional advisor. Um, you know, sitting sitting with Joe at the, uh, at the local and having a beer or having having. Uh, having karak, uh, having something like that, and getting the advice from that front is not is not there. I think the other aspect is you you need to filter out who you're speaking to because similar to when VAT was in here, all of a sudden there's a lot of tax experts uh, when they have maybe filled out a couple of tax returns in a in a local jurisdiction. That being said, we're still waiting on a lot of information. You know, we had the uh, the draft led the the draft sent out for public um, consultation back in April. The consultation took place in May, and now we're waiting on the tax legislation to be issued, and then subsequent to that, the final uh, executive regulations. 
And we're get, we're getting a lot we're getting a lot of questions as well on on, on taxation. And as as Peter's saying, there's there's still a lot of information that's yet to come, um, but it will come, and it will be very clear when it does come out, when when, when the guidelines come out and the regulations come out, as as they always are. Um, Peter, we get asked a lot of questions, and um, you know, we're, I was telling you before, we're setting up a tax advisory uh, division as well at at, at Virtuzone because I think this is something that's going to be very important that everybody's going to need. Um, can you tell us the difference of how it would apply to small and medium businesses? Uh, is it different from a small business to a medium business to a large corporation, for example, or does it affect everybody the same way? I'll just ask you a few of the questions that we're getting and perhaps you can answer them. Certainly. So, so corporate tax applies to everybody. All right. I think the basic rule that you could look at is if you have a trade license in the UAE or required to hold a trade license, you'll have to at least register for that purposes. There's a few exceptions, but generally speaking, everybody who has a business, whether they're freelancers or they have an onshore company or a free zone company, they'll have to register for, for that purposes. It then becomes the extent to which it applies. Uh, corporate tax is corporate tax, whether I am a multinational or whether I am a micro business. The same basic rules will apply to everybody. It's just the levels of complexity uh, will will change as you go up the pecking up the pecking order. Tax complex. I never heard of that before. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's one of the undertakings <laughs> is we want to keep it simple, yeah. transparent, and so on. But uh, as it, as things evolve and people become smarter, and uh, the tax consultants try and push the boundaries, you you tend to get the levels of complexity, structure changes, and so on coming through. But it will apply to to all businesses. Great. But not everyone is going to have to pay. Okay. Uh, another question that we get a lot um, is regarding free zones, right? So there is this misconception that free zones are exempt of corporate tax. Can you shed some light on that a bit? Uh, certainly. All right. So with the free zones, there was a whole lot of uh, undertakings that were made at the time when the free zones were incorporated and when you're getting a trade license that you're going to have X number of years without having to pay tax. So the authorities at this stage have not backed away from that, but there are certain requirements that you will need to fulfill to maintain a tax-free status. So, Such as? Okay, so as a, as, a, as a high level, you need to comply with all the free zone regulations. So if the free zone regulation says you may not trade onshore, you may not trade onshore. Um, if you will be required to have economic substance within the free zone – and you will also be subject to audit uh, because the auditors um, will probably have to issue some form of certif certificate to confirm that you've got no business onshore, you are only dealing free zone to free zone, and you are or, or only doing export types of business. You're listening to Starting Up on the Agenda on Dubai Eye 103.8. With VirtuZone, business set up with no regrets. Hello there, welcome back. We are discussing corporation tax because from the 1st of July 2023, the Emirates will be introducing its first federal corporate income tax effective across all seven Emirates. We are grilling or asking nicely questions of our expert, Peter John Watley, who is partner at Gulf Tax Accounting Group. Plenty of questions coming in from our audience as well. But George, I know you've got, you know, you're going to grill down into the details here, aren't you? I mean, people want, you know, people, people want answers and there's a lot of questions out there. So instead of just asking all the questions, what I'm going to do is I'm going to defer to Peter. Peter, tell us 
um, if you want, in summary, when does this come into play? What will be the rate that's applicable? When will people be affected by this? When will they have to pay it? Uh, whatever comes through your mind. You know, I, you've, you're quizzed a lot on, on, on this tax coming. So the why don't you give lines. as much uh, – The top lines. As much information <laughs> as you can give us now. All right. So, so first off, Georgia <clears> – <throat> Yes. Fake news on your side. No. Yes. No. What have I done? It, it comes into effect with companies with their years of uh, years of of um, their tax years commencing on or after the first of June, not the first of July. Goodness me. Okay. All right. That's, so that's already. All right. So, so that's, now that, we're under six months. Then. <laughs> well, for for cert, for certain of the com- for certain companies. We're still not under six months. That's me being bad yeah. at maths. June yeah, is the so sixth month. June, June, yes. uh, the, but it's the first of June. Thank so at this point, Georgia, your I think it'd be good to let John just, do I the talking. Yes, I'm just yes. going to lean back. I'm leaning back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm leaning back. All right. So, so, so once we've got this implemented, the first question is, when does it apply to me? And it starts, you, you run a tax, a tax year. So if your tax year starts on or before uh, or on or after the first of June, 2023, that is when you start, when you're eligible for, for corporate tax. So let's say I've got a December year-end company. Which this, most people do, let's face it. Most people do. So the start of your tax year would be on the 1st of January, 2024. Ah, so that's majority, interesting. So it doesn't apply to you in 2023. No, in, the, in these circumstances. So your first tax year would run from the 1st of January, 2024 to the 31st of December, 2024. And then you have nine months in which to make your filing. So your filing needs to be done and your tax payment, if there's a payment due, on or before the end of September 2025. So there's still a little bit of headroom for people to… So we're uh, talking just under two years from now for the first… Well, for most of the first filings and, and payments. Correct. But you should not be ostriching, should you? You should pull your head out of the sand and you should be taking good records, making good records, being transparent. All right. So keep the maintenance of proper accounting records is, is critical for, for all of this. Uh, in my mind, even more so than with VAT. Because in VAT, if you haven't got a, a, a valid tax invoice, you haven't got a valid invoice, to, you just leave it out and you can't claim the VAT. But for corporate tax, if you can't prove the expense, you're not allowed the deduction. So uh, record keeping is going to become more and more onerous. And you've got to pay the tax man always. There's no <laughs> running away from that. All right. So at what rate is tax coming in? So the tax rate's coming in at 9% is your corporate tax rate, but it's not from your first dirham that you make. So your first 375000 of profit, not turnover, of profit, is free of corporation tax. And anything that you earn in excess of that 375000 is subject to 9% uh, corporate tax. After deduction of your expenses, of course. Well, 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 well it's already deducted since that's the yeah. profit. So, right? so yeah. basically what yeah. they're saying is your starting point will be financial statements basically prepared in terms of IFRS uh, uh, from an accounting yeah. perspective. And then there will be some adjustments that you would make. And those adjustments we're waiting for in the legislation because there might be expenses that you typically put through your books but are not deductible or only partially deductible. And Peter, will there, will there, will there be a, a list of auditors that are accepted? Will everybody have to get audited or not, for example, um, before filing? For, for me, if, if you're claiming free zone exemption, you will, it's, you will definitely have to be audited. Um, my personal view is that I think it's inevitable that everybody is going to be audited. It's, but that's my, my personal opinion. Okay. Whether it comes through at this stage or not, I, I think they will do. And, then, but, and you can see where it's heading because to be allowed to audit now, there have been some changes that have come, come into play. 
uh, and that includes people having to write exams on IFRS, on business ethics, and on corporate tax. So, uh, so there's a whole lot of people. Coincidence? Saying, I think not. Yeah, I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I tend to agree with you yeah. on that. My goodness me, it feels like we've barely scratched the surface of this topic. But thank you very much for coming in. And there's we'll do so a show, Georgia. It. We'll do a full show on taxation. I think Definitely. that's something that's important, and the people will have a lot of questions. And there's a lot of information out there that we're going to need to to spread. Yeah, absolutely. Lots of messages coming in, including one person says, we've got a company, a very small, currently no income. We can freeze VAT. What about this tax? Do they need to worry very quickly? Well, uh, they probably don't have to worry just yet, but there will be a requirement regardless of their activity. They have a trade license. They'll have to register for corporate tax and they will have to file a return, even though there may be no tax involved. It could be a zero, no return, but they will have to register. That's the voice of Peter. Oh, sorry, my love. Carry on. I said everybody has to file. Everybody has of to doing, file. You know, if, regardless of doing revenue or not, you've got to file. Fantastic. Uh, Peter John Watley, thank you so much for joining us. Real pleasure. Partner at Gulf Tax Accounting Group. Somebody's texted in asking for the name uh, of your company. Uh, so there we go. Thank you very much for joining us. You'll be hearing a lot more from Peter in the future. You're listening to Starting Up on the Agenda on Dubai Eye 103.8. With Virtue Zone. Business set up with no regrets. My goodness me, we've only got seven minutes left of Starting Up. Uh, this really has whizzed by and it is time to talk to our Starting Up success story, who is a man who's made his fortune encouraging people to save. We're joined by Steve Cronin, the CEO of Dead Simple Saving. He's a financial independence coach. He's joining uh, me and George Hajaj, the CEO of VirtuZone. He's going to be asking a few questions as well, I imagine, aren't you, George? You're ready. You're primed. Steve, I have no more money. What do I do? What do I do? (laughs) I'm actually a Virtue Zone customer, so all my money's gone to you guys. All right. Nice try. Nice try. We didn't know that. We didn't know that. We didn't know that. That is that's good on you, Steve. You 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 enamored yourself to both hosts already. To me, because you're coming on to talk about how you're a success, and to George because you're a Virtue Zone customer. Tell me, I mean, how did you come up with the idea of starting your own business and, and ultimately making it you know making a success out of of encouraging people to be financially savvy? I think it's been a success because it was born out of my own personal experience and frustration. So for um, several years, I'd known that I'd wanted to invest my money in the UAE in um, passive global index funds with Vanguard, iShares, etc. And I, I just couldn't see a way how to do it. And, and it was only 2016 when I discovered like very deep, like 50 comments deep in some blog, how to do it. And uh, and then I realized, wow, I have to share this with the rest of the world. So so I, I got really excited. And um, Andrew Hallam, who's uh, the author of Millionaire Expat, uh, amazing, amazing guy. He was coming to speak in Dubai. So I was like, I was like, I have to get this this chap in front of like hundreds of people. And and from that, uh, I got into the newspapers because they were interested in what he was doing. And it just kind of snowballed from there. But I started off very gently. Um, for a year, I didn't charge anybody. I didn't charge anybody for uh, for showing them how to manage their own money. And I just tried to get really good. And um, because of not having that pressure to make money immediately, it meant that I could um, get better and better and better until I could charge and, uh, and, and really help people. And see, you're right. I mean, it's shocking, Georgia, how, how people don't know how to manage their money. It's shocking how people don't know how to invest, how to grow their money. Uh, most of us, let's face it, most of us start making proper or decent money 
around the age of 35 to 40. And then, and then from 40 to 50, you probably, I don't know, Steve, correct me if I'm wrong, is probably where you make the most revenue in your life in general. Um, and these are very important years to be able to invest your money. And, and, and people are absolutely clueless. Um, and people that are very close to me, for example, to me, well, I got all my money in the bank, so that's fine. People don't realize that they're losing money when, it's, when, when, when their money is in the bank. Uh, they're losing opportunity costs. They're losing a lot of things. But there are so many things out there to invest in that it's just not so easy to answer, say, A, B, C, or D. And it depends really on your situation, on where you're living. And perhaps, Steve, perhaps you can elaborate a bit more on, on the kind of uh, – the investments that you advise on or the kind of investments that you look at or that you specialize in? I wouldn't say specialize in, but that you're comfortable with in general and what you're not comfortable with as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the first thing is to make sure that people have enough cash, not too much cash. Um, they don't have any expensive debt that's going to hold them back. And uh, and once they, once they have enough cash that they could survive, say, losing their job, then they can start uh, investing. And really, you know, as expats in particular, you, you have to have a source of income in your future. Um, otherwise, uh, you know, you're not going to have a pension or anything like that. So it really comes down to uh, building very sensible long-term investment portfolio. And really, you're looking at two options. That's uh, stocks and bonds. When I say stocks, I don't mean stock picking. I mean uh, global passive index funds, so exchange-traded funds, things like that. Vanguard, just very, very sensible stuff. Um, And then on the other side is buy-to-let real estate. So I always try and tell expats, you know, uh, try and think about in your future, when you want money to live on in retirement, what, where do you want that to come from? What mix of stocks and bonds versus buy-to-let real estate do you want that to come from? Don't try and bet it all on the crypto market um, <laughs> because it's probably you're probably going to have a tough retirement if you try and do that. I absolutely agree with you, Steve. I've said it in shows before. So the boys laugh at me because I'm a very conservative investor. I play the long game. I, I agree with Steve. I play I play an investment game for retirement. I'm not interested in, in, in – if I can, great, but I'm not interested in growing my money now. I'm interested in having my money grow for when I'm ready to just – lay back chill. and chill. Um, I'm a big believer in real estate. I think brick and mortar is something that will always gain in value. It's something that you can touch. I like that about it. Um, I'm not, I wasn't a big fan of, of stocks and bonds. I don't understand the stock market that well. You need Steve. No, absolutely. But, <laughs> but, but what I do is what Steve recommended. So I, I, I do, I do uh, invest in, 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 in Vanguard and the S&P indexes and stuff like that, ETFs. Uh, and I just, let, I just let it ride. I just yeah. let it ride. And it, if you look at the last 30 years, 40 years, 50 years of the stock market, it just goes up and up and up. If you don't zoom in to one single period. Like the last three months. Exactly. Don't look at those. Don't look at those. But in, uh, <laughs> over 30, 40 years, the stock market will absolutely go up. Can I ask you, Steve, there's a lot of sharks out there in the financial services world, specifically here in the UAE. How do you differentiate yourself? Um, I differentiate myself by a first. By the way, sorry to interrupt, but sorry to interrupt. But first, by the way, you dress. You're clearly not in a suit and tie, which makes people a bit more comfortable. Yeah, you don't go for the snappy, (laughs) the snappy suit, the the suspiciously snappy suit. That's true because, uh, and I always say, like, don't take advice from someone wearing a suit. That's my number (laughs) one book. Um, I, I want people to believe me not from what I'm wearing, but from what I say. Mm. And and so I I think um, I. Um, I am not affiliated with any financial services companies. So I'm not trying to sell any financial services products. And, you know, at the end of the day, I, I don't care if people don't take my recommendations. So, so that's very freeing. Um, secondly, I, I charge for my time. So whether that's for, you know, corporate financial wellbeing workshop or private coaching or an online course or, or whatever it might be, 
um, I, I just charge for my time. And so there's no incentive for me to push specific products uh, over other products other than that I think they're good. I've used them myself and I think it's right you know, for, for those types of people. Very quick question, 15 seconds. How many people do you think you've helped save? Um, I'm lucky to say it's probably like tens of thousands generally um, and then maybe thousands specifically. Brilliant. That's fantastic. How people? How can people get in touch with you, Steve? Uh, deadsimplesaving.com. Uh, it's been a real honour to, to help these people and, and be able to do this all day long. It's been a pleasure having you on the radio, Steve. Thank you so much for your time. Steve Cronin there, the CEO of Dead Simple Saving. He is a starting up success story right here on our Starting Up programme this week. That's it for now. We're two minutes over already. Georgia, it goes by so fast when I'm with you. It's incredible. It whizzes. It's a whiz. The George and Georgia Show, pleasure to be with you. We'll be back next week, 11 a.m.